Turn the Buffalo music up. Just plays, man. Oh, me. Welcome in. <laughs> Surprise, that's not Rashawn's voice you're hearing. Back in the studio, y'all heard the rock playing. That means Joe Kelly is officially in the building. I would just like to say good morning, everybody, and good morning to my man across the uh, table, Haven Harrington. Man, just like a, a sight for sore eyes. Good Lord, it's been like forever. Right? I, I mean, like when I walked in the in the studio, I could hear the Welcome Back Cotter theme playing in my head. A little, little, just a little sweet. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, man. It's good to have you in studio, live and in person. Yeah, and I brought gifts too, my man. There you go. Boom. Look at that. Oh, Want to give a special shout out to our man John out at the Adidas outlet. Took me a couple months to get him to you, man. Now that it's officially summer season, there's your there's your Adidas tracksuit. There we go, the three stripes, baby. That's right, that's right. And uh, here, be sure to give our man Rashawn his too. I mean, no diggity, no doubt. <laughs> How hey, you doing this morning, man? Well, I'm. Hey, it's a great Saturday morning. Yeah, man. The week after Derby, still uh, coming off my Derby high. Yeah. We gonna <sighs> talk about that a little bit. Uh, we got to, man. Have to, right? We have to, man, because like people have to know. They <laughs> how the main event does derby. I mean, it, it, I'm like they just have to know because, like, I, I know our listeners listen to like 
all the other talk shows, you know, around the city mm-hmm. and, and, and around the country. And and they hear guys, you know, coming from the backside of the track, talking to jockeys and, you know, talking about, you know, the the pontification of which horse is going to win and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah, main event, yeah. We kind of just dispense with all the uh, formalities and we go straight to the party hard, all derby weekend long mode. Red carpets, bourbon barrels, check. That's, that was it, man. I mean, like, we literally, I mean, it was, it was like so epic. So we went to almost like almost every gala here, you know, Brown State with Barn Party, Unbridled, Phillies and Stallions, and, uh, the Sneaker Ball, uh, Lyrics Beats. I mean, it, 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 it was something to do. Like, we were there. Like, we literally started Thurby. And ended Monday morning. Yes. We went so hard. You know, and we was uh, you know, interviewing folks on, on the red carpet. If you go to Main Event Sports Radio, our Facebook page, where you can see like some of that pictures uploaded on there with RG3, the Sugar Hill Gang, you know, other cats that we got to hang out with. Some pictures we couldn't take, obviously, and put them up there. But um, one, of, one of the best interviews of all Derby was Michael Gross. Okay. And for those of you who don't know who Michael Gross is, he's the dad on Family Ties. This is a good story. This is yeah. a legit, this is a derby story. Take it away, man. Man, like, so he's the dad on Family Ties. We're sitting on bridal. He's coming through. We say, hey, Michael Gross, you know, we, hey, we love, you know, Family Ties. You still talk to Michael J. Fox, blah, 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 blah. You know, your typical derby questions. He's going to, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's talking about, you know, I love this city. You know, I used to come here all the time in the 60s and 70s doing stuff, and I, He's them all these little places he used to go, right? One of those places he's, he named was Joe's Palm Room, which is like a, a pretty well-established night spot in West Louisville. Right. Because I, mean, I, I used to go to Joe's Palm Room all the time and just kick. I'm like, Joe's, really? You know about Joe's Palm Room? He goes, yeah, man, I used to love Joe's Palm Room. I used to go there, listen to music, have a little bird I used to sit back and talk to all these professors from U of L and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, that's really good, man. It's you know, I really missed that place. I was like, you know, my, my friend bought it. It's, it's, it's still open. And he paused. He literally stopped the red carpet <laughs> and was like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's still open. And he looked at me and was like, is it still on Jefferson? And I was like, yes. <laughs> it's on 17th and Jefferson. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, oh, thanks. So he continues on the red carpet with him and his wife. Like 10 minutes later, I'm talking to Franco Harris, who's like, 70s, like in his mid 70s, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Franco Harris, great guy. I mean, just a great guy. He sat there and talked to everybody. I mean, he was talking so much. They literally, his wife had to keep pulling him down a red carpet so he could keep it but, moving. Hey, but, but, but seriously, man, you love to see that when like the, the older celebrities get back out and they're. Oh, re- yeah. I don't want to say relevant again because Franco's relevant to football fans, but I get it. It's nice to feel appreciated. Oh, yeah. And that, and he, of course, he had to remind everybody that this is the 50th anniversary yes. of the Macklin reception. So he, he kind of threw it out there about seven, eight times. But hey, that's okay. I, <laughs> I love him for it. So I'm sitting there talking to Franco Harris, and I feel this guy tap me on the back of the shoulder. And it's Michael Gross. Okay. He comes off the red carpet, comes around to the media section, taps me on his shoulder. It's like, you did say 17 Jefferson, right? So I put my Google Maps and showed him, you know, text me locations. Like, I may see tonight. And walks on off. Right. Man. That's crazy. I, you know, and I, I love to hear when, when you meet an actor or an actress and you say, they weren't acting. That's just them. You know, he was the hippie dad on, uh, on Family Ties. So I would expect nothing less than that, that gentleman to be like, yeah, I'm going to go kick it in the West End. Oh, yeah. 
It was just crazy. Anyway, things like that like, kept happening like, all night long. Like, we went to the Phillies and Stallions, and we were uh, in the VIP section hanging out with Russ Smith. And Stephen Dorff, <laughs> literally hanging out with Russ Smith, Stephen Dorff, and RG3. Like, they, Only they, a derby, <laughs> man. Like, seriously, for – I I know most of the people listening obviously are locals, you know, and they've done their own their own derby traditions and 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 stumbled upon places that you'd say I'm not in this tax bracket, so fake it till I make it. But that's the kind of collection of of, of humanity that you will find yourself in if you just don't say no on Derby Week. When somebody says, "Hey, you want to go?" Just hop in the hop in the Uber, hop in the Lyft, get in the cab, do whatever. Don't drive. But hop in, and yeah, you're gonna. That's how you end up saying. So there I was kicking it with Franco Harris, Russ Smith, Stephen Dorff, and the dad from Family Ties. And anybody who's done Derby will say, "Yeah, that checks out. That's possible. Yeah, that's yeah. not possible. Possibility I, city." Yeah. And that was that was literally like our whole weekend. Like literally the whole weekend was us just going places, randomly meeting and hanging out with people. And RG three, cool. That's other side of pillow. Yeah, really funny. We ran into. Uh, uh, some WWE superstars. Okay, talk to them. Yeah, you know, and she and and her and her husband do, and they were like, you know what? Here's our number. Next time we're coming to this region, give us a call. We got you guys. Oh, see, there you go. We're branching out, Haven. And we're, we're branching out, man. I'm telling you, it was just it was just crazy. Like the whole weekend was literally just crazy. Going from gala, you know, and, and we do things a little different. Like normally, like when media does the gala, you kind of do your gala thing. You take your pictures. And then, like, you bounce and, you know, you go home and do whatever you do. No, not no. us. Not us. No, no. No, no, not us. Not us. Like, like you, we bounce. You gave and, us this credential. I don't know you're giving me another one, so I am writing this credential until it falls apart. Like, uh, the la- I'm going to be taping this laminate back together. <laughs> oh, you know, and going but, hard. I mean, it's like, it was like, yeah, you know what? Technically, me, it's not supposed to enter, like, the dance area. The din- Whatever. Nice. Whatever. Yeah. This 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 credential says otherwise. Yeah. It says I belong. We're doing it. So I'm in the door now, so I'm, I'm just going to keep moving around. Uh, you know, the, I don't think enough can be said, and people told me this when I started covering UofL and, and various sporting events, but it's true, man. If you don't belong somewhere, it's okay. Just act like you do. That's and if it. you walk with a sense of purpose, man, they will let a lot fly. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like they will let you in, like literally, like anywhere. Yeah, and especially galas. Like once you're in, that, you're in. Yeah, that's that. Once you, once you, you just got to have one buddy who sneaks in, and then he can kind of like jimmy the door, you know, and leave something in there so that it's it's cracked open, and then you can, the rest, the whole crew comes in through the kitchen. There you go. But man, so I, I, I love it that, that you met WWE superstars. Now, does that mean if we do something with them? For a brief period, do we have to change it from main event sports to main entertainment sports coverage? No. Okay. It's always going to be main event. Or wake up 502 in this case. All right. All right. See, I, I set them up and you spike it. <laughs> man, that's what we do, man. That's what we do. So we've got another guest in studio, but you want to just go to a break real quick? We can knock out that first break this morning. Yeah, you know Come what? Come back. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Thank you for everybody listening. You're tuned in. Wake up 502. Rashawn, we'll try to make sure you still have a show when you get back. (laughs) You know what Paul Mooney told you, man? You're tuned in to Wake Up 502.
Welcome back. Listening to Wake Up 502. Still not Rashawn. Still Joe Kelly. And I'm still good. Rashawn is in Las Vegas. Is that okay? Is, yeah. what, what's he got going on? I figured I figured his son was out dominating some region of, of high school sports. That's exactly what he's doing. He's in Lex Vegas at the Suns Volleyball Tournament. The Empire never sleeps, right? Never does, man. Never does. I mean, his son's got to be a ringer because I haven't seen him in six months. So based on his growth projection from over the last two years, that means he's what, like seven, eight now? Pretty close to it. He is taller than Rashawn now. Is he? Noticeably taller. Noticeably taller. And Mm -hmm. and Rashawn can't even blame it on the hair? He can't. He can't. <laughs> he can't. Poor guy. But you know what? Hey, outside of besides Derby and uh, Red Stripe, like making everybody a, b- a bazillion dollars, this is a week of upsets. Like a true week of upsets. My daughters, I'm about, I'm about to shout out Mazik's soccer team. Okay. Girls' soccer team there. My daughter, a lot of her friends, this is the first year they played soccer because, you know, COVID took the other two years out. So she's eighth grader, just now playing for the first time. They only have, like, one or two club players on the team. So most of the teams they play have, like, multiple club players. And club players, you know, girls who play, like, pretty much all year round. They, ringers. Yeah, ringers. Like, they, they know how to play soccer. Like, my daughter still has, like, no idea what the rules are. It's like, you stand here, mm-hmm. keep them from kicking the ball there. She's like, nah, I, I can do that. So I'm doing. I'm working hard, getting off work a little late, go to the soccer game. I get there a little bit, like, right before halftime. And, uh, you know, they're down, like, five to two. Right, that's how well. It's all right. Man, next thing I know, the comeback starts. Uh-oh. They score a goal. The other team scores a goal, so they're still down three. Next thing I know, they rattle off three straight goals. They score a goal like 15 seconds to go in a game to tie it, take it to overtime, which I found out in uh, middle school soccer is like uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, okay. So due to penalty kicks, all the girls are scoring, all scoring, all scoring. We get one stop, enough to win the game. Man, that's – Nice, nice. Oh. The thing about soccer is if, if if you're like me and most Americans, you're not really all that familiar with soccer, so you know that it's supposed to be a low-scoring endeavor. But then you mess around and go to a high school soccer game, and you can just always tell when one of them's got, like you said, that group of year-round players because you, you go get popcorn and a soft drink and come back, and you're like, oh, it's 7-1? to one? How'd that happen? Like, they got seven, that, seven shots on goal. All of them went in. All of them. Crazy. Trick shotting. You want to introduce our guest in the studio that we got with us today? Oh, man. You know, our, our roster of talent is pretty deep here at Wake Up 502 and the main event. So, man, you know, I had to, since I'm going to have to leave here at 10 o'clock because I got things I have to do, I have to go to work, I decided to, let's, you know what, let's grab a Wu affiliate. So I grabbed the best Wu affiliate I could possibly find with the Wu affiliates. My man, Ravon Churchill. What's up, buddy? How you doing today? Man, I'm doing good, man. This guy right here, I'm telling you, Dirt Bowl, fame. He's the man. <laughs> no, Cornell Bradley's the man. Eh, you know. And I'm just kind of. But you do your thing, though. I, I try to do my thing. I try yes. to do my thing. And over Derby weekend, he did host Michael Bivens from New Edition at his basketball tournament. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, wow. That was pretty cool. Um with the help of Councilwoman Donna Purvis and um, Manual High School Basketball Coach McCoy Coleman, we were able to to bring in Michael Bivens, and he actually contacted some people in Louisville and was like, hey, I heard Louisville's a big basketball town, and I love basketball. 
and um, I want to do something in in Louisville for the, uh, at Derby, and I want to do a free event in West Louisville. Uh, he heard that West Louisville doesn't have have a lot of Derby events. I was like, yeah, you're right. They don't have a lot of free events. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, we like basketball. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, and it does all work together. And we planned it in about ten days, and and it worked out. And the winning team got ten thousand dollars. There you go. I mean, the game the game was on point. Well, I'm gonna say this. Wow. The game was on point in the second half. In the first half, these guys were still kind of playing like like exhibition game. Like money was on the line. Like there was a couple of guys who were like, I'm getting this 10K. Right. But the rest of them kind of like, eh, this is like a celebrity type game. We're going we're gonna to kind of meander down the court. Eh. But in the second half, I guess they were like, yo, okay, Michael Bivens is like really here. He's like right over there. See, and, and I, I, I think it's time. I think that $10,000 is probably real. Yeah, I think it's time. We, I think it's time we kick this in high gear. I, man, any jumper I made, I would have just looked over at the bench and said, "Never, never trust a big butt and a smile." That would have <laughs> been me all day, that, uh, all day. Now, when I say all day, I would have shot one of ten. You know, they, they would have taken the ball from me and been like, "Go, go over there, Joe. Stop that." But it was a good line. You had that one. You had that one. I, I love that because I think that kind of shows, and I'd like to hear your all's thoughts on it. You know, we talk on a large scale about there being multiple Americas that people are living in. That, to me, though, that story right there, Michael Bivens showing up saying, here, y'all like basketball and free money. Yes, we do, sir. <laughs> um, that, sound, that sounds terrific. That kind of shows that there are two derby experiences. You know, there's the, there's the traditional getting up where we all dress and act like, you know, we, we, we're, we're fancy Southerners. But there's also some real nice hometown cooking. And I hope, for one, that we see it's an annual event now that we see Lamar Jackson's team versus Teddy's team, you know, youth flag football game. I thought that was cool as hell. I want to hear y'all kind of talk about some more of the of the stuff because I, I'm I'm just sitting here in awe that, that Michael Bevins really came at, came at y'all like that. And that's really just how it all came together because that's derby. It just It just sort of happens, right? Yeah, you know, and, and what's cool about that, you're talking about the 7-on-7 seven seven with Lamar Jackson and, and Teddy Bridgewater. I was there, too. That was cool. It, it was dope. But you know what's doper than that? And, and Joe, like, you've been on the sports scene probably longer than I have. When's the last time you saw a major coach at University of Louisville, especially a men's basketball coach, literally just chilling, walking around, hanging out, taking pics with people? So at the at the Urban League uh, Sports and Learning Complex on 30th and Muhammad Market, Ali, Market Muhammad Ali in yeah. between Market and Muhammad Ali, yeah, and then that's why he had the the Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson Derby City reunion when he did seven on seven. Ray John Rondo stopped through too. Yeah, Ray John Rondo just Chris Redman came in chill. Nolan Chris Smith. Redman came in chill. Nolan Smith just walking around, literally just walking around, just walking the people. around, just walking around. Nolan Smith was just walking around like he was a kid in candy, just smiling, taking pictures yeah. of people. Some people didn't even recognize him. Some people were kind of like gawking, like, is, is that Nolan? Is that the dude they're talking about? Some people went up, took pictures, and he was real cool. You yeah. know, he was real accessible. Kenny Payne the same way. He, him and Kenny Klein, literally just walking around. Just walking around. Just walking around, shaking, shaking hands, kissing babies. Thing, can you imagine, though, if you are a 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old kid, and you're from West Louisville, and we don't have a professional team, and so you might not even remember – Lamar Jackson at Louisville if you're seven, eight, nine years old. 
But now that he's Lamar Jackson, the NFL MVP, and he walks through, and you get to see him, you should have seen the look on some of those kids' faces. It was like, wow. The kids, those were the parents' faces. Like, ah. And then Ray John Rondo the same way. Then Teddy, Br- Teddy Bridgewater Man. is super duper cool. I'm talking about like the kids love Teddy Bridgewater. He was out playing. He was throwing footballs. He was kicking it. He was having fun. Shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, man. I mean throwing football. So not, like a lot of these events, right? You got the quarterback. He'll come in. He'll just throw a couple of passes. No, Teddy went like full NFL. He was lining the kids up. It was like the Peyton Manning SNL skit where he's, he's hot routing and the kids are confused. Yeah, he was. I mean, the guy was like, he, he was like, I'm gonna do this. You do this. You stand over here. You know, doing the cadence. <sighs> you know, doing a whole maneuver, bend down, squatting down, cocking his arm back, telling yeah. guys, you know, back back shoulder face to left. It, it was amazing. I think you brought up a great point, though, about the lack of pro sports in Louisville. There has been a huge gap in generations that, that unfortunately, we're part of the one that missed out. But if you talk to my dad and his friends when he was alive, he always talked about going to ABA games, going to the Colonels games and seeing Dr. J when he was in town. You know, and, and you hear the stories at the Dirt Bowl about a particular local legend dunking on a particular ABA legend, you know, when he was in eighth grade. Yamming on him. Those are how those stories grow, though. You know, so having a Lamar Jackson, to your point, walk walk by kids from the West End, Louisville doesn't have a whole lot to look up to right now. You know, we lost Ali a few years ago. That was that was sort of our beacon. I guess baseball bats are cool, but you know, they can't do what Lamar does. No, and having those guys literally I mean, nobody just nobody can. But having those guys like that accessible, like when was the last time? You saw like a major college basketball coach just walk around. Well, and and, and let's kind of talk about that real quick uh, while we're on that subject because Kenny's got a. Here, here's the issue. Our guest brought up a great point about you know if you're eight nine years old you might not necessarily know Lamar from from U of L but you know Lamar from the cover of Madden you know him as the NFL MVP you know what he does on Sunday he's nightmare fuel for the for the National Football League. Uh. If you're a certain age, and and Louisville fans, you know I'm a proud alum. This hurts me to, to admit it, but it's the truth. If you're a certain age now, the only thing you know about U of L basketball is pain and turmoil. So there is some there there is a, a hump I think to get over with that. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I th- I think you're right, especially the year the Cardinal was 2013. We paid. We have paid in blood. We paid in blood since 2013. So if you're nine years old, ten years old, you don't really remember 2013. If you're 20, if you're 20, you were maybe in the fourth or fifth grade. And I remember when I was four years old. That's when I really started watching and could remember sports at four years old. So if you were born in, I don't know, let's say 2010. And we were won the championship in 13. You may not remember that. So you're 12 years old now, and all you know is, like you said, turmoil, gray skies, uh, bad stuff on the bottom of the ticker, uh, UK fans trolling us every time they get, every chance they get, and then so it's rough. So to see him come through like that. Uh, and then also, I'm looking forward to seeing the community aspect that, that UofL brings now. Uh, and speaking of that, we do have Louisville Cardinal Day at the Dirt Bowl. On July the 16th. So men's teams, the women's, the women's team, they're going to be at Shiny Park. And we're going to be trying to do some of that, rubbing some elbows at Shiny Park on July the 16th at the Dirt Bowl. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's like it's almost like a new day. It's like Kenny's I mean, Kenny's come in. It's just like it's a it's the dawn of a new era. He's injected cool back into the program, and that's swag, something swag is back. That that yeah, I mean it is, and that's something that that Louisville was sorely lacking for a while, you know. So it's it's nice to see them have something to be to be you know a little braggadocious about. Um, but yeah, I love hearing that because there's no better opportunity if you. We've talked about this multiple times, and, and being a coach at the University of Louisville to me is a very interesting job because you're you're basically an elected official of Louisville. You're the representative of the city of Louisville, and to and to the point about we don't have pro teams, we have a, we have a college basketball team. So it is a big job. It is a bigger deal than it would be somewhere else. Um, love to hear that though. Love to hear that. Tell us some more about the dirt bowl coming up because. As an outsider to Louisville, I didn't grow up here. I've lived here for roughly almost the last 20 years. It's this legendary entity event that you hear about. You know, and I was kind of talking about the old stories about Griff, et cetera. Uh, talk to us about what the modern version of it is for a little bit. So cool. So the modern version is nothing like the old version. And like you said, Joe, like, the old version is it's mythical. It's iconic. If you weren't there, you told people that you were. So you just talked about a pivotal and seminal moment in Dirt Bowl history. And that story is that when Doral Griffith was in the ninth grade, he came down to Shiny Park. And during this time, <clears throat> Kentucky Colonels were still in Louisville. And so Kentucky Colonel basketball players played in the Dirt Bowl. Dan Issel, Artis Gilmore. And then so the story goes that Dora Griffith got a steal and Artis Gilmore was the only person up under the rim. So if you're too young to know who Artis Gilmore is, he's the seven foot one center and his afro made him about seven seven, it seemed like. So at ninth grade, Dora Griffith was about six two or six three, they said. And so he gets the ball, he goes down, and legend has it that he dunked on Artis Gilmore, who was this professional basketball player at the time. So that is where, that moment right there is where the legend of Daryl Griffith was born at the Dirt Bowl. And I think this was in 73 or 70, about 73, somewhere around in there. So the Dirt Bowl started in 1969. We just celebrated our 50th year a couple of years ago. Um, So we won't ever get back to those days. But now it's still really good, though, because basketball is basketball. Louisville loves basketball. And the Dirt Bowl fell off for a couple of years. Mayor Fisher was like, ah, I heard about this dirt ball. We want to bring it back. And so now we have about 160, 200 guys that play in the dirt ball every summer. Uh, we also have a youth league that we have. So this year we'll have six youth teams that are playing. Um, the uh, Police Athletic League, we join with them. So they're going to bring a couple of teams in. So we want to get youth um, used to playing in the dirt ball and to say, hey, I played in the dirt ball. Uh, and so Cornell, the great Cornell Bradley, he's always on the mic. He's the one that said bang, yang, yang. I said bang. So he's a a, a pivotal point. Uh, of the dirt bowl too. Without him, we're not the dirt bowl. He is the dirt bowl. Uh, I just kind of came in on the end, um, but it's my job to try to help the dirt bowl get to you know eight seventy five, and then somebody else to get it to uh, year one hundred. And speaking of which, our own Rashawn Myers plays in the dirt bowl. Uh, that's what. Well, I was going to ask for what about all the armchair quarterbacks out there listening that say, "Man, I could I could run in it. I could still run in it." Is there a way for? For a group of dads that like to get in the Y and sweat it out, you know, to come out and, and, and get embarrassed, is, is how, how does that go about? How do you register? Is there a play-in? Talk to me about that. 
I wouldn't recommend that a group of da- a group of dads come and play in the dirt bowl. Um, but actually, this league is for it's for anyone, and it's not just something that is for black people at Shiny Park. Um, we want everybody in the basketball community to take part in the dirt bowl. Um, the dirt bowl is a wonderful, wonderful event, and it's not just about basketball. We make it festive, so anything that you want to eat, any kind of summer festive festival food that you want to eat, you're going to get it at the Dirt Bowl. You're going to see the smells. You're going to see the sounds. You're going to see some of the flyest, freshest cars in the city. When we have pull-up day at the Dirt Bowl with the cars, oh, my gosh. So last year, D'Angelo Russell and um, Jermon's, Jermon Brown, their dads were both driving cars that their sons helped them purchase. They both parked at the same spot. Man, I'm talking about you should have seen how people were going taking pictures of these cars. So this the cars like the the fashion, the latest fashion, um, you see that. So the ladies come down, their hair, their fashion. So it's just a place to be, place to be seen. Uh, and basketball, just kind of the byproduct of it. Some people have no idea who's playing in the game. They just want to come down to the dirt bowl and, and get a sandwich or something like that. I mean, that's that's Louisville in a nutshell, baby. You get a party together. It doesn't matter what the event is. We just like to get together and eat and drink in a community. Uh, I, I I will say this is the the main event sports resident Caucasian alumni of an HBCU that <laughs> man the man is not lying. Wait 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 wait. You went to an HBCU? Yeah, thoroughbred. Stand up. Wait 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 wait. So you went to? Yes, sir. Harvard uh, on the Hill, baby. Four hundred Main in Frankfort. Mm-hmm. Four hundred East Main in Frankfort. Yes, sir. You stayed in Young High. Uh-huh. Man, come on, man. See, I knew it was something about Joe when I just walked in here. Stand up, K-State University. Go bread. Get it. Get it. Yeah, man. But uh, to, to that point, any opportunity. White people, don't be scared to go out. I, I'll just say it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You're going to get some good food. Uh, talk to me if you need if you need any etiquette pointers. I'll help you blend in. Uh, get your shoe game on. That's that's my favorite part. Like you said about the fashion, that's your opportunity to bust out that, that pair that stay in the box. 364 days, and you put them on, and you go to the dirt bowl, and you keep your baby wipes on you that way in case some something gets smudge on them. Now it is called the dirt bowl for a reason. Mm-hmm. There may be a little dust that's flying around, and maybe you get a little dust in your shoes. Okay, but we it's, got rejuvenator. But it's that. definitely the place to come out to bring those new shoes out that you haven't rocked in a while. Bring them on down, and then so you just met another. Uh, so Joe, like, I think people when you think about just being honest, mm-hmm. and I think people when you think the West End, and when you think Shiny Park. I think a lot of people who don't live in that community, you automatically think, oh, it's unsafe, it's dangerous, it's violent. Um, and that's not true. At all. So I've been going, I remember taking part of the Dirt Bowl since 1978. And not one time do I remember the police having to be called for, like, extreme violence. Like, I remember a couple of times they had to break up some dudes that was getting rough in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but but as far so last year we had seventy games, zero arrests, zero citations, and we had twelve to fifteen LMPD police officers right there, and they wish you would come down with that foolishness. So you can come down there and have a good time. We don't want you with the foolishness, though. Yeah, yeah, keep the foolishness at home because again, this is a celebration of it's summertime. It's warm. We all want to come out. Look, don't be the knucklehead that makes me stand back and say, "Man, that's why we can't have nice things, y'all." We can't have nice things because you're over here acting too much. Right. And then home training. Yeah. And then, so like I said, it's festive. And we want you to come down and be able to just lay back, watch some good basketball, eat some good food, listen to some good music. Um, and it's it's in a black part of the city, but it's not just a black event. Actually, we got like 
Cody Cutsinger is one of the coldest dudes that plays in the dirt ball. Cody Cutsinger is a white guy. Mm-hmm. Cody Cutsinger doesn't flinch at all when he comes down to the dirt ball. You know why? It's because we make sure Cody Cutsinger feels safe. I'm talking about, when I say we, I'm talking about as a community. Exactly. But, but, I mean, everything that you, you've spoken about, you just summed up what the community, you know, like, what's important. It's about ball. It's about food. Hanging outside. Having a good day. Remember when we used to have those? You, I remember that, Joe. I, I mean, I, I know the last couple of years have taken a toll on all of us for various reasons, but we used to collect W's on the weekends, damn it. And we're going to get back to that. And it was a beautiful thing. And then, so I think Derby, though, that kind of – made me feel like, okay, you know what, we're getting back to normalcy. This past derby was one of the best derbies I've had in a long time. It, you got to host Michael Bivens. Of course it's the best derby of all time for you, man. You're like, you were right there on the court hugging up with Michael Bivens, who's like a little bit taller, than, actually a little bit shorter than me. But still, yeah. I mean, he was able to do this like the whole time. Th- that was a highlight. And then I have been telling people, Haven, um, for a long time, I'm the seventh original member of New Edition. Um, so that was a highlight of my career to be able to stand there close to one of the members. And dude was super duper cool too. We talked a few times like uh, over the week, you know, before he came in. Super duper cool. And Joe, he does want to make this uh, a tradition. Hey, let's do it up. This is not something he wants to do this one time. Um, the first time, but you only had like I said about ten days to prepare it. He was excited about it. He had never been to the Derby before. He, As soon as he left, he was like, man, we're coming back. We're going to do it again next year. You know, and if you can put something on in ten days' notice, and, and it gets it gets somebody's beak wet and it gets them interested and wanting to wanting to invest in the community because that's what that is man that's an investment in the community to say I want to make this an annual thing that's it's a literal investment in making Louisville a better place yeah and then he's also what's you know, he gonna do with a year's prep is what I'm saying wow so we talked about that like all the people that he can invite right like ten days ten yeah. days is just a quick text of hey you in town you got a year. And then you might be able to say, hey, you need to plan for this. And then we also noticed we were trying to maximize the event. And so this year, because it was he was in for a concert with Janet Jackson that night. It started at 7, so we had to leave at a certain time. He was like, man, I'm a, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a basketball. I'm a hooper. I'm going to be there the whole time. I'm not just going to come out, sit around for a few minutes with a whole bunch of security and entourage and leave. I'm going to be there for the whole time. And he was there for the entire time. But next year, he was like, man, we got to do it bigger. So – I don't know if you've noticed, but Sunday is kind of like the day that Louisville gets the city back. Right, the hangover day. But Sunday is just as fun as Saturday in the last few years. Actually, Sunday is a fun day. It's my funnest day of the weekend. I don't come in until 4 or 5 o'clock Monday morning now because I, hang, I have so much fun on Sunday. So next year we're going to do this game on Sunday, early Sunday. So because there was a lot of competition on Saturday, a lot, a lot of things going on on Saturday – but a lot of people still want to have some fun on Sunday. They still want to come out, and we're going to do it on Sunday next year. That's perfect, too, because, I mean, just because you help organize an event doesn't mean you don't want to take part in all the, the things going on in the city. I mean, let's right. be honest. This is, the, this is the month. Once Thunder Over Louisville gets here and the chow wagons roll downtown, you know it's this is why we live in Louisville. Say what you will about the city. I, you know, I, I love this city because I love the people. And if you give the people an excuse to be happy, excited, and to stand outside in warm weather and drink and talk hoops or talk horses or talk whatever, I think Louisville proves time and time again. We'll show up for that. We love a winner. We love a winner. And, you know, like we, what was the, they estimated 800,000 people on the waterfront for Thunder Revolution this year. 
about a quarter of a million people on Broadway for the Pegasus Parade, over 100,000 people three days in a row at Churchill Downs. We really know how to do this thing, man. And and it's really important, I think, that different groups, when when you, if you're trying to plan something, if you're trying to start something new, just remember that Derby, while it's fun, a lot of people don't get the access that Haven mentioned earlier where, you know, you get a media credential and, and it's like... Must be nice. Yeah, you, you find yourself in areas where it's just like, man, I, I'm in the wrong tax bracket. I don't belong here. You know, so so coming up with events that are family-friendly... You know, and free. And, and how, what's that price tag again? It was free. It was free 99. Okay. See, all day long. And free 99 and twice on Sundays. And as long as we are a part of this event, um, it will remain free, no matter how, how big it gets, because that was one thing that uh, Mike Bibb was, you know, wanted to make sure of that. He hadn't, he didn't know a lot about Derby. Only thing he knew was that it was expensive and the, the race and the barn stable brown. That's the only thing that he knew, you know, in our original conversation. So he was like, nah, we're going to make this big. We're going to keep this free. Um, but we want a lot of people to come. So next year he was talking about inviting this person, that person, getting some people to stay in Louisville on Sunday, uh, kind of coming out and hanging out. So, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. We're going to take one more break before we hit the top of the hour. Wake up, Louisville. Haven has to get out of here, but. Tuned in to Wake Up 502. Still not Rashawn. Still Joe Kelly. Still upsetting the right people. Back in to wake up 502, rounding out the top of the hour. Joe Kelly, still not Rashawn, but I fill in. You know, I'm, I'm a decent substitute teacher. You can, you can call in last minute, I'm like, yeah, I got a lesson plan. I can, we, can, we can throw this together. I'm joined, as always, the architect of the, of the wake up 502 crew, Haven Harrington. What's going on, baby? So you got important man stuff to go do. Go, go, go! Help build up the community, as we were just talking about. Not my man just doesn't come in here and talk about how he's going to make Louisville better. He says, "Joe, you're on your own for for the last hour because I'm going to go actually make the city better while you sit here and talk sports like a nerd." Hey, man. Yeah, you know what? But that's what we do here. Like that time I called you Saturday after the tornado hit Mayfield. Like literally, I was like, Joe. We got. On, we were doing. We were doing radio. Yeah, we was doing we, radio. We were, on, we were on break, and we're like, "Should we go down there?" Yeah, we should probably go down there and help out. That's what we do. And we left. Literally yeah. that same day, came to Frankfurt, picked you up. Yep. And we bounced. And then we went down, and and man, that was such a that that was that was a surreal experience. We don't. Uh, we're, we're we're talking happy vibes today. Um, so before we before you do take off, we did actually have a race. There was. I don't know. I don't know if, if everybody was caught up in the Derby hoopla as we've discussed and all the other fifty eight million other things going on in town that's that's also fun and way cheaper than going to Derby. But there was a race. 
And it was a very entertaining race. Would you agree? Man, it was like the horse they got in there because another horse scratched, wasn't supposed to be there, and 80 to 1 odds. Come around the, the final turn, it was in the middle of the pack, actually probably the back third of the pack. And all of a sudden, this horse starts doing a Deion Sanders high step down to the, you know, to, to the finish line. Literally, the Deion Sanders high step, the rest of the horses passed everybody up, mean mugged, everybody's favorite horse, like, whatever, and kept it, and just like walked him down and kept it moving. I, I can't say what I actually said when I watched it, but it was something along the lines of, holy hell, did that horse just turn and stare down the other horses? Because. Friends of mine that are that are big into horse racing, they tell me horses have personalities, like legit personalities, and they know what they're doing. And they're very they got a lot of peacock in them when you when you're talking about a, a thoroughbred and a, and, a, and a racehorse. They know what they're out there to do. They're not they're not running in a circle for no reason. They know what the intended purpose is. And that damn horse, it dog walked them. It like you said, it did the turn around and and run backwards into the end zone. What what, what I, Deion Sanders high stepped the whole way, and then had the nerve after the after the race with Saul Feisty biting people, kicking like ah whatever. Get off me! Get, Get off me! So they said these you know these these horsemen. They said that he was still in in race mode, and then so the pony I, I believe was a female pony, and he was kind of like hey I think she might be kind of cute, she might be kind of into me. I just won the race. I'm the man. So he was trying to you did, and then so. The, the rider started hitting Rich Strike all in the face. It was just crazy. And then the jockey, he got suspended for, I think, the sixth or seventh time. It was a whole lot of stuff that was going on with that race. And then they decided, you know, we're not going to even run him in the next race. We're just going to skip him. We're, we're sending him, so we'll see him in five weeks. Don't even worry about this Triple Crown stuff. And then so my grandmother, who is a big, big horse person, she said, you know what? Something's up with that horse, and I'm telling you, it's not the final, the last we're gonna hear of it. But she was wrong, though. He passed all the tests, and it was legit. It's a great American story, and it can only happen like at the Kentucky Derby, a eighty to one. That's crazy, a eighty to one. And then, like you said, Haven wasn't even supposed to race until a couple of days before. He gets in, um, and now he's a legend. You know, this this like Michael Johnson when he ran the forty yard dash <laughs> at NFL Combine in yeah. somebody else's shoes. Yeah, that was like, that I was didn't, crazy. I didn't bring my shoes. Uh, you over there? What size you wear? That's close enough. And I think they said they only paid like thirty five thousand for that horse, and he won what one point eight or one point three million that day. Oh yeah. So you know, just plus you know, plus if they bet like a couple thousand on them, they walked away with. Stacks. I, look, man, in a world where, where they're trying to sell you cryptocurrency, thoroughbreds still deliver. <laughs> you will not get NFT with a with an eighty to one long shot. I I think it was great. And to your point about how, how the how the horse was acting and everything, I seriously looked at one of my friends after the race and said, You know, I didn't know this is what the horse industry needed. Never knew I would utter the phrase "the horse industry" in in a serious tone, but do we have outlaw horse racing now? Like, did they just does this does this horse have edge? Can a horse have an edge? And if they could, this one has it, right? Yeah, and there haven't there hasn't been a lot of times where I was like, you know what, I want to watch the next race. Seriously, you talked about how he was just just preening afterwards. Yeah, and and, and I, I said to to the group I was with. 
This is the closest thing we're ever going to see to the line on the Outcast song, Who Else Wants Some of Hollywood Coke? Ah, good, Joe. That's good. That's good right there, Joe. You showing some of your, your hip-hopness right there. That's good. That's good. That was a good one. And, and you're absolutely right. But I, like I said, I, I wanted to like see what he was going to do in the next race or see what his odds were, see where he would finish. Because some people was like, he has no chance in the next race. Some people was like, ah, oh, he's going to win. So it was like split almost like evenly, 33%, 33%. You know, like, what is he going to do in the next race? And then his owners and trainers said, no, nah, don't even worry about it. What do y'all think about that? Because, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely wild that, you know me, with, with sports at this stage of life and, and with everything that's happened at UofL, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to say misery loves company, but I'm like, anarchy, anarchy, burn it all down, let's rebuild the system. I was kind of a fan of all of it. What, what, what did you think, David? In the mortal words of Brand Nubian, Punch a bump to get beat down. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened on Derby. Punch a bump to get beat down. And that's what he did, man. He just out there molly walking fools. He did. He was like, man, whatever. I, I, I mean, think, that's like the most swag and also, I've ever seen with a Derby horse. Like, But not just that. The owner's saying, uh, we don't even care about your triple crown. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna let him rest. We're going to give him a breather. We'll be back for the third leg of it. Who does that? I didn't, you know what? I'm going to show you how just foolish I am and how little I know about horse racing outside of the actual day of Derby. You know, where then I'll talk to friends who, who follow it closely and, and, and they enjoy the, the game, the sport. I don't know. You can do that. I don't know. You can just opt out. Like to me, yeah, but I'm not I thought the triple game. crown was like the whole, the whole goal. So that would be like, nah, we're not going to participate in this seven game series for the Eastern conference finals. We'll just play in the finals. We're good. Y'all go sort it out, out out on the on the West Coast. We'll we'll be here waiting. What? You can do that? You you can you can pass go and collect two hundred dollars. Good for them. I mean, that's just that's just like swag on top of swag on top of like yeah, you know, it's the lead of sport, whatever. That's not us. You want to go? I'm gonna go pound some brews, eat some peanuts at the local bar. You know, what it reminds me of. And I'm gonna ride this horse to the local bar to eat peanuts. That's right. This oh God, I, I can't believe I'm telling the story. So we all know that for a while that Vander Holyfield and his production company is kind of holding fights in Louisville. So we were a part of that. So one night, Vander and his, his entourage come down. It's like, Haven, show us something like uniquely Louisville that we can do. And I was like, I know where we're going. We went to Freddy's. Yeah, you did. We went to Freddy's Dive Bar on 2nd and Broadway. Haven is name dropping. Did you just hear how casually he just threw in the him and the champ was hanging out? That was real cool, Haven. It was good. I mean, but we're at Freddy's drinking, like, granddad. Like, like old, old granddad. R.I.P. to Freddy's. I recently learned it closed. Yeah, it did. I mean, we was down there, like, drinking, like, Old Forester, like, just, like, bourbon. Evander's sitting there just dancing. He's playing music in the jukebox, dance like the oldies and whatnot. Talking with all his, you know, people, throwing back shots of bourbon and staggering back to the hotel afterwards. I, it's just like that's what these guys are. They're like, whatever, man. You know what? Uh, we know we may be big. We got the champ here. We got the got the Kentucky Derby winner, but yeah, whatever. We're gonna hooters. We're gonna pound back some brews and some peanuts and some wings. We out, man. I take a lot of pride in the fact that you can drop me in the middle of any room and I'm gonna make a friend. You know, I, I can I can keep my head above. I tell people I'm I'm a master of none, but I can keep my head above water in most situations. Most conversations, I know just enough to get by, or I know more than enough to shut up. You know, and and there's nothing more terrifying. And the only time that I will say you get the Joe Kelly seal of approval to hit the eject button on on a derby uh, adventure, if there's a former heavyweight champion 
in the building and he's drinking corn water, nothing good's gonna happen after nine PM. You're probably right about that. It's it's all fun and games until until you have the worst derby story ever. You're probably right about that. About running afoul with a man selling selling grills on television. Okay, Joe. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that in the break yeah. just between you and I, Joe. Yeah, so it looked like Rich Strike, though, they was they was doing some load management, some some load management like the NBA instead of him playing. So, so they're, they're the Spurs. They're the Spurs. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to sit you down on the second day of the back-to-back, the second game of the back-to-back, and then we got four games in, in, in the five, six days or whatever. Not going to uh, play you all the games. Load manage the man and then bring the horse back to see if he can win – What's the last? Is the Preakness or the Belmont is the last one? I think one? the Belmont's the, the last one. The Belmont is the last one. Save them to the Belmont. Skip the Preakness. Nobody likes the Preakness anyway. And then, um, yeah, we'll be talking about him again in five weeks. Uh, well, I think I, I, don't, I won't be talking about this again in five weeks, but somebody else will. Yeah, someone will, I'm sure. Maybe we will in five weeks. Maybe. He's I, look. If there were ever a horse to get me to talk about it, it's Rich Strike. It's, it's this one. I, I agree. I agree with I, that. And and I understand that my it, kind of horse. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I didn't know I had a type of horse until I saw this one. And that's how you know it's special when you say when it makes you say that's my kind of horse. And you go, oh, you're a horse guy. I am now. I am now. You know what? Just like I wasn't supposed to be on this show until a day before the show. Rich Strike wasn't supposed to be in the race until a day before the race. I mean. Look at the similarities between Rich Strike and I. Man, I, I can't think of a better way to go into break because that, that's going to leave the listeners with a lot to marinate on. You're listening in to Wake Up 502. Joe Kelly sitting in for Rashawn Myers. We're going to have some fun in the next hour. That was the first hour in, in the books. As I said, Haven Harrington is going out to not talk about it, but to be about it, help build up the community and the Commonwealth as a whole. Wake Up 502, we'll be back. Welcome back in. I am still not Rashawn Myers. I am still Joe Kelly, and I am still joined with my man from – have you been recruited? Like, did, did they jump you in while I was out of town? Like, how did this work out, Rayvon? Uh, I actually been rocking out with these guys for a while, and I think they forgot about me. Uh, I ran into Haven the other day. He was like, you know what? I remember you. Hey. It's kind of like – so um, Joe is not Rashawn, and I am not Haven, um, but we going to hold it down for him. See, and now I feel I I don't feel as bad taking over with with Haven and Rashawn being gone because I'm I'm not kidding. At first, when when Haven said maybe you solo for the last hour, I said, man, you know we made a joke about this when when I first joined the team. But you remember the old joke that Paul Mooney said on the Spell Show about don't have too much fun or a white man will take it. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, did I just ah did I just manifest destiny? The uh, wake up five and Haven. Hmm. They let the door open. But you know what, though, Joe? Hmm. The fact that you went to an HBCU, you chose to go to Kentucky State University in Frankfort, Kentucky, 400 mm-hmm. East Main. Yep. 
I, I think we'll you got you got to pass on that one. Right? Uh, I appreciate it. And appreciate then we, it. we were just talking about Public Enemy and Chuck D. Right, right. Doing the break. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's like that's like flashing your credentials. I mean, come on. You know, you just you just you just let it be known. So, what do you want to talk about in this hour, man? This is this is, this is the Joe and Ray Vaughn show. It's the Joe and Ray Vaughn show. Uh, you know what? So it is NBA playoffs. It is. We're I've been watching watch some NBA. I've been watching some NBA playoffs. We just got through talking about uh, the Derby in the last segment. It's going to be weird talking NBA without Rashawn just finding an abstract way to complain about LeBron James. He, he has got a talent for hating on LeBron James. That I, th- I think the only person that is better at that in the world is Skip Bayless. I think it's Skip seriously. Bayless, and then it's Rashawn. It's it's remarkable, man. Yeah. Like anytime. I'm like Rashawn. Like, are you serious, dude? Like, we've had some conversations. Like, like, come on, Rashawn. He's like, nah. Like, for real. But it's funny how polarizing LeBron is. You know what's you know what's really weird is that, okay. So I'm 39. Um, LeBron and I are basically the same age. I was sort of a hater on him early in his career because I did buy into that that he's not Michael Jordan. And then I realized later in life, probably around 30, when I when I became an adult. You know, and, and, and my arrested development kind of caught up. Yeah. It was like, you know, but why can't we just enjoy both? Both of them. And not make this a, a which one's better. Like, we don't have to do this. And so I had a couple of guys. It's called the 502 Hoops Group. And we just kind of, in this group, it's kind of just going back and forth. And the amount of hate that LeBron James gets is um, is unreal. And I think the reason is because... He is a threat to so many people's hero. Michael it, Jordan is so many people's hero. And then when you have somebody who threatens him, it's like, oh, 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 oh. it's no way that he can be. But there are things that LeBron James can do on a basketball court that we've never seen before. Absolutely. It's, uh, Karl Malone's not supposed to be able to run the fast break. Like nah. that's You're not supposed to be 280 pounds in a point guard. Yeah, and then you're not supposed to average 30 points a game in your 19th year. Yeah. Had he played two more games, he qualified for – you know, for the scoring championship in his 19th year. So, you know, something that I've done the older I get and, and callers, texters, call in if, you, if you'd like to join in on this conversation. But something that I've kind of retired from doing is, is arguing legitimately outside of, don't get me wrong, any topic, just if I'm bored, I'll argue with you. But I don't really do the GOAT argument in anything. Because, like, for example, we were talking hip-hop during the break. Man, we got guys our age and older. Their top five dead or alive has been the same list since 1997. And my top five dead or alive probably won't change. Exactly, exactly. So what I do now when when people want to talk about the greatest of all time, whether it be quarterback, basketball player, MC, producer, whatever, I say we'll break it down per decade. Let's go each era. Okay, yeah, because it is Because Dan Marino is Dan Marino, and I'm not going to compare him to what he could have done hypothetically in today's rules, you know, versus well, right. what would Tom Brady have done in Dan Marino. Like, it doesn't matter because we don't know. Right. Let's celebrate the greatness of both. That's where I am with it. I'm, I'm trying to I'm, be less of a hater. I'm with you on, on that one, Joe. I'm, I'm right there with it because when these great players, when they retire or when, they de- or when their skills diminish, we miss it. Man, the we Kobe. Miss it. You know, you know when it really hit me of like, man, we're not kids anymore. Now we're adults watching sports, and and it should be a different viewing experience. I think as an adult, you know, you shouldn't be as irrational as a child is, right? Like, 
I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The Kobe farewell tour kind of timed up with Peyton Manning retire made me realize there's nobody like Tim Duncan's gone. Yeah. Kobe's gone. Yeah. Peyton's gone. Yeah. There's nobody that was playing ball, professional ball when I was in high school left. And then you probably, you know, so when you go. I'm old. Yeah. And then, you know, when you fill out those, you go, you fill out a form and it says, what age group are you in? And then so now there are more age groups younger than me than older than me when I go check that. And then so so I know that I'm getting old. But then, like you said. I'm on the back nine. You're on the back nine. So then when you think like, man, LeBron has been, this is 19th year in the league. I've literally watched this man's whole career. Yeah. You know, and it's like, wow, that's a long time. But then when you look up and you're like, hey, who do you cheer for now? But I do think that sports as a whole, NBA, NFL, I don't really follow MLB a lot. Um, but I do think that um, the state of sports is really good, like, for the next generation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There are certain players right now that I think the true mark of, of a great pro athlete, to me at least at this stage in my life, do you make me feel like a kid again? And I can absolutely say that when I watch John ja Morant take off, you know, when when John ja Morant takes off with the ball in his hand, I'm going to feel like a kid when I see the end result. When Lamar Jackson gets in the open field, once you see that butt drop, like, you know, he drops, he drops ass like, he, like he's a wide receiver on a route. And you see that and you go, oh, somebody's about to lose their jock strap. Yeah, so Ja Morant, I was we were talking about um this with a couple of my buddies the other day. And we were talking about this in sports. Who would you actually pay top dollar to see? That's that's the question I think. That's and Ja Morant I is pay, at the top of that. I would list. pay top dollar to see Ja Morant. It's it's like seriously, it, it, it I one of my favorite players, if you take a a, a small window of his career, because Unfortunately, you know, I'm talking about LeBron and and the Lakers. He, I don't know what Russ has left in the tank. Ooh. But man, when Russ was a man on fire in Oklahoma City, he, I I never understood the hate. I never understood the guys that said he's a he's a stat patter. You're not watching the games. Their yeah. offense was predicated off him being able to get the rebound and and initiate the break. So, speaking of Russ and what he's not anymore. Did you watch James Harden? Okay, so let me let me give full disclosure before we start because I finally have to just be like, James, I can't defend it anymore. Hear me out on why I've always defended James Harden. Oh, okay? please. Please, please. We're both left-handed. Oh, gosh. We both have beards. Oh, gosh. We're both slightly pudgy. Okay. And, yeah, like, we'll give you a 40-piece, you know, on like Do a you random hear these Tuesday. Regions, folks? But then, like, I'm saying he's very human. I can I can I can see some of some of some of my flaws too, and I'm like, if I were to be able to ball out at a high level when it doesn't matter, ah. I'd be James Harden. Ah! But when it when it comes down to crunch time, I'd still be James Harden. Man, the man is ridiculous. And then, oh, sorry, he wore a fat suit to get out of out of out of Houston. It was bad, and like I don't know if I've ever seen anybody go from the level that he was to where he is now that fast. Like that was is the true definition of falling off a cliff. And you know he has an opt-in where he can, I think it's 40, 40 million plus, and he's due for a supermax extension, which is worth two hundred and forty million dollars. If the Philadelphia 76ers give that man two hundred and forty million dollars, they're going the the process will go on until 
the twenty second century. You understand me? His his legacy is is. <sighs> I don't even know. You know, I mean, the post game, the the post game comments from him also were just incredibly James Harden. You know, that's but that is one thing I can say about it. He is consistently inconsistent. Right. He's ready to go out and kick it with. Uh, you know, he's going on tour with something with the with the rappers with Lil Baby and them. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he's on first name. They give gifts and all of that stuff. He's probably wanting to be a rapper. He's probably going to the studio right now. Like, uh, you know, drop a track or something. Dead like, serious, man. You remember man, when? You remember on, when the Redskins when when the Washington franchise. Uh, excuse me, gave Albert Hainsworth all that money, and then he ballooned Albert up. Albert Hainsworth. And you said, you know, man, but maybe if a guy's 350 before a couple hundred mil, I mean, what maybe do you, don't give him that. What do you expect? There's no way that James Harden can get 240. Uh, if he does, over or under, he weighs 240 next year. I'm taking the over. I'm a, You know, I'm going to go the under. Really? Yeah, and I, just, and I think because – that's probably just imagine we're talking about this now in Louisville, Kentucky. Imagine what they're talking about on the radio stations in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right now. Oh, they're 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 he is a very hated man. I watched the end of that game the other day, and it was bad. Like it was bad. Like the amount of offensive rebounds that Miami got in the fourth quarter, it was. Unbelievable! I'm talking about so the the fans got the booing. They leaving early. I don't know how Doc Rivers continues to keep the job. Daryl Morey said he's going to keep the job mm-hmm. again. Uh, Let me ask you about that because people were debating that on Twitter, and they were talking about Doc being one of the most overrated coaches. And I'm not going to say he's great by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, like, he's not Phil Jackson. I'm, I'm he's not Pat Riley. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But how many times, honestly? Honestly, outside of the big three in, in Boston and that one year in, in L.A. when he actually had a bench, how many years have you really looked at a Doc Coach team and said, that's my that's my derby horse? Not a lot. So you, so is it really but underachieving you, but if I, nobody ever really put much Yeah, much but stock I, in? I do think that he has some kind of record of um, 15 years, uh, 15 straight years of winning seasons. Um, he does have a championship. Before he got to Boston, Pop Pierce wasn't in the playoffs. Before he got to the Clippers, Chris Paul wasn't really in the playoffs. Before he got to Philly, they couldn't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. They weren't relevant. So wherever he goes, he makes the team relevant. Even when he first started in Orlando, you know, his right, first coaching stint in Orlando. So they were respectable. They were respectable. I, I like Doc Rivers, but he also has dubious records of like, I believe he's lost more series when he was up three. Oh, that's Houston. The Houston one like is the one that's absolutely unforgivable when yeah. they were up three one. And he has he has the most he has more of those losses than any coach in history. So, but I do like what Doc does though. Do, do, would you agree then that that Doc is a great guy to come in and fix your organization and say like he's that manager at a job that's great at coming in and and doing bar rescue or yeah, whatever that yeah, show yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you want to hand sort of like Mark Jackson did at Golden State. He put it all together, but Ooh. they realized that there's a ceiling with the guy who's trying to put holy water on Steph's bum ankle. Yeah. Like this isn't gonna work. We need a guy who believes in, you know, science and 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 the very next year Steve Kerr comes in and they and they, you know, the beginning of a dynasty. Uh so you're right, you're right about that. But then you have to look at Steve Nash too though. You know, like Steve Nash in Brooklyn. 
Um, I love when I love when they're epic failures of, of people that we know are intelligent basketball minds. I didn't like that hire at all. I didn't understand who did it at honestly. All. Honestly, did you know anybody that said that one makes sense? And and that's not just leftover Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I I remember him specifically saying. We don't even really need a coach. Yeah, I remember when him he specifically said that, saying that. He said that. like some. He actually said some games KD might be the coach. Some, game, some games, yeah. I might be. We the don't coach. really need a coach. I'm like, what? This is not gonna work. What What's gonna happen with Kyrie? You think? Because he's so Kyrie is he's a he's a great enigma. And then so you hear about the Nike deal. So um, Nike said they're not gonna give him his signature deal anymore. He might still wear Nike, but he's not gonna have a signature deal anymore. And Brooklyn doesn't want to give him the max. Brooklyn because doesn't want to give him the max. You can't play. You know what I mean? Like, this season was kind of squirrely. Yeah. A, a lot of people are pointing fingers at, at Kyrie Irving right now. Um, he still thinks – he still makes statements like the world is flat. Uh, he's a weird kind of dude. Um, and I just don't – I don't know if he loves basketball. You know, it, that's that's sort of been my it's thing. good, but I don't know if he loves it. Uh, this is what I think is very interesting, and, and we can talk more about this when we come back from break if you want to, because I think it's fascinating that, like you see in everything, when the labor group gets more power and more money and more autonomy over their decisions, yeah, it changes the dynamic. And a buddy of mine that played 10 years in the NFL told me the scariest thing to an NFL executive is not a, a 4-3 wide receiver, not the guy that can that can break ankles. It's not the Lamar Jackson, Mike Vicks, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It's the guy who says, I'm going to get one contract from you fools, take this money and invest it because I don't need football. But if I had my brain and a little bit of a little bit of capital yeah. to work with, I, I I can I can I can make generational wealth on my own right. without beating myself up. Leagues don't like players that that think about life without sports. Ah. Okay. You know, I I truly believe that, and right now we're seeing it more in the the NBA. It stands out because oddly enough, the Brooklyn Nets just seem to have a collection of misfit toys that don't really want to play basketball outside of KD. You got it. it. Doesn't matter what the owner is for the Nets. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Remember they traded everybody uh, to the I think Boston, and they went and got KG. Oh, and Pop they Beers. gave all their draft picks up. That's how that's how Boston amassed yeah. all the picks to get the team that yeah. they currently have. Right, and then so Brooklyn. Has been uh, do you remember a mess for years? Do you remember that Brooke Lopez made an NBA All Star team as a Brooklyn Net? Brooke Lopez, he sure did. Yeah, wow. yeah, right. That's one of those. That's one of those sneaky All Star. You know who else made an All Star game right before we go to break? You know who else made an All Star game as a Brooklyn Net? What 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 circuit are we talking? Dar- uh, Darren Williams? No, Louisville's own D'Angelo Russell. Yes, sir. Yes, he did. He made an all-star appearance. Yeah. As a Brooklyn net. Yeah. And uh to I guess to bring this full circle before we go to break, wouldn't the Lakers be in such a better position if they hadn't traded off all those young assets in LeBron's Man, first we year? Had, um, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Larry Nance. Larry Nance. Lonzo Ball. We had a couple guys, man. We traded everybody away. But we did get a chance. You hear me saying we. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a championship out of it. So yeah, I and I and I don't and and everybody Brooklyn has no championships, right? So I take our championship that we got. That that's that's the other thing too that that you realize, and especially in the NFL right now, that that I I think it's kind of funny that you're seeing teams say we're either in the hunt or we're rebuilding. Yeah. You had like my what Cincinnati was Reds, my Cincinnati Reds, my world champion 
Cincinnati Reds, Joe. You know what? You know we're, what? We're rebuilding. We're, we're going to come back, and I'm not even an MLB guy, but we're going to come back and just talk about rotten ownership <laughs> and how it can ruin it. Because my man is a Reds fan. I am a New York Knicks fan. Uh, we're both suffering. We hurt. Yeah, we so. hurt. So we're going to get through this. Was, uh, last uh, last segment we do this morning, it might be like group therapy in here. You're listening to Wake Up 502. Ooh. Welcome back in. Filling in for Rashawn. Hopefully he still has a radio show. They haven't kicked us out yet. I think we're doing we're doing some right, right? We're here. We're exactly. We're here. We're here. We're loud. Somebody's listening right now. Yeah, and and we're and and we hope that we sound as is clear and beautiful to you all as as we do here in this studio. I don't think anybody's called into the station to say get these bums off the radio. And and that's happened to me before. Really? Uh, at a, at, a, at another station, but yeah, they you know, man, it, it's funny. They 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 like you until you you get the job, and then they're like, "I could do it better yeah, than I can him." Do it better. Who is this guy? On the, yeah, who is this guy? Where do they find these bums? Listen to this guy. Right. Just because he doesn't sound like he's from Kentucky, they'll let anybody talk for him. I'm from Louisville, though, Joe. Yeah, through and through, happy Louisville. I'm somebody. I'm 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 proud to be a Louisvilleian. I went to a lot of different schools in Louisville. I know a lot of people in Louisville. Every different section, I feel like I can go in in Louisville, and I have a pass everywhere in Louisville because I am a true. Louisvillian, I, I, and I and you know what? It you pick up that vibe from fellow Louisvillians. See, I'm an adopted son. I, I moved here 18 years ago, but this from is from where? Where are you from? From, Joe? from from Cap City, baby. Okay, from Frank Nitty. Okay, all right. And uh, but but Louisville is home because I love the people, and I and I tell folks that all the time when they say, "Why is Louisville home?" Uh, it's not because of the city. It's not, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, no, I don't mean that. I don't but mean they, that, like. But thank you, Joe. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's not the buildings. Like, a patch of dirt is a patch of dirt. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the people. Right. It's the people that make the city That's better. true. That is true. And and I I love the community because, to your point, if you're a true Louisvillian, you can go all over this town. You know, yeah. you, you spoke earlier about uh, uh, some of the people from my delegation being being concerned with going to Shawnee Park. Come down to this park, man. And I will walk from from this studio to Shawnee Park and back. And I promise you, it won't be worse than the time that I got robbed in St. James Court. You got robbed at St. James Gun Court. Gunpoint in St. James Court. Stop it. I'm not kidding, man. And this kid didn't even shave yet. It was doing the art show. No, it wasn't during the art show. That uh, would have been, man. That would have been flagrant. Uh, I would okay. have had, I would have had to move. Okay. I would have relocated. Wow. But it was, yeah, cutting through there on our way to different college parties, and and I heard a, a little squeaky voice say, lay it down, and something cold was on lay the back down, of my head. Lay it down, Yeah, and I was like, boy, you don't even shave yet. No, this is, stop this. This is madness. Somebody lay it down. So, yeah, man, be, keep your head on a swivel in the in the rough streets of St. James Court. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> ah. Catch you slipping, you might be a snack. In St. James Court. That's what's up. So we've got a we got a quick little segment here before we have to do a station identification and and go to break and then we'll we'll finish out this hour. And we were talking uh, during the break 
about various levels of partying and and how this city does throw down a derby to bring it kind of back to that for a minute what are what are some of your observations because you can you strike me as the kind of cat that sits back and watches other people act a donkey and and yeah take notes i'm i'm very observant i like to sit back and watch especially now that i gave up alcohol a couple of years ago oh congrats so it's really different now when you go out on derby and you see everybody's drunk and you're not, and you're like, is that what I look like? Yeah, when I it was is. There? And yeah, so <laughs> it was. It was bad. So, but I will say this one thing, Joe. Uh, and you and I talked about this at the break. White people know how to party. Mm. Y'all party at a different level and at a different rate and in a different intensity than black people do. It, 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 it it's it's an undeniable fact. Yeah, you just talked about jumping in the crowd. Yeah. And crowd surfing. Yeah, yeah. There is not a black man. In the Metropolitan, that has ever crowd surfed at the black club, at the black party. Oh, but, yeah. But when I go and see white people party and they have such a good time, and this is not a knock. This is actually saying, like, wow, I love it, how how much fun you guys have. We're everybody's best friend. Yeah, I'm talking about it was a party. It was somewhere on 4th Street Live, and I, I went there, and I didn't spend a dime mm. because <laughs> my white friends yeah. that I had just met, yeah. <laughs> we're like, what are you drinking, buddy? What that's, do you got? No, that's the. What are you drinking, buddy? What are you drinking, buddy? Why don't you have a drink, buddy? Hey, get this guy a drink. What, whatever he wants, get this guy a drink. And then. Get my man here loaded up. Get my man here whatever he wants. I don't know these people, but y'all so fun and so inclusive when it comes to partying. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, get dude what he wants. And, so. and that's the key to it right there is be inclusive. Like, if we're partying, I'm guilty of this. Haven will tell you. Uh, Summertime, backyard cookouts at my house all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm a pit master. That's what yeah. I do. I make barbecue. Yeah. Uh, folks know that about me. Uh, and that's what that's what a lot of black people do on Derby. Yeah. It's, it's a barbecue. It's a holiday. Come on over. You know, we're going to such and such house, and we're going to barbecue and kick it, watch the race, a whole bunch of, you know, race pools. Do white people do that too? Yeah. So that's that's something that, that we kind of touched on. And I was like, well, we'll just talk about this on air uh, because I'm sure listeners can can relate to this. As a Louisvillian, yes, you should go do Derby. You got to do Derby one one year. You know, I've never of, been to Derby. I don't think you're missing out. And but, there are a lot of people that have that I know that have never been oh, to Derby. Yeah, or Churchill Downs at all. Or Churchill Downs at all. At all. They don't do Thurby. They don't do Oaks. None of that. None of that. None of that. But I feel like in year 18 of living in this city, to me – the better day to spend, you know, the better way to spend your Saturday, party hopping. No doubt. You go to all the different, because something else that, that you talked about, um, it's not just, white people aren't just trying to grab, like, non-white people and be like, <laughs> hey, buddy, let's party. <laughs> we love each other, too. And and you end up at a party with, with somebody's dad named Roger. And Roger's always got a bottle of something that you go, Wow. wow. Yeah. And and what Roger will do is he'll say something along the lines of I like you, man. You're yeah. a straight shooter. You're a straight shooter. You want to try this bottle I've had sitting on the shelf for 20 years? And you go, Roger, I why do you think I'm here? Of course I do. Lesson does. Let's get it in. Yeah. And then you're Googling the bottle that you're drinking from and passing your phone around to friends going, Don't screw this up, man. We don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And and they're going to realize that every minute they let us stay longer. Their property value is lower, even in this current market. <laughs> this, this is this is a seller's market, and ah. we're still bringing it down. Right. So, 
is is that how you you prefer to do derby is is cookouts parties or do you like to do you like because i i love you louisville but we love to pretend like we all have more money than we do on, on derby weekend and like Man, i said you, you should have saw the amount of fake jury oh that i saw derby weekend so you know the rapper kids you said every rapper has five six chains on right right and they had the the cuban links on with all these diamonds in it so these are rappers though you know they man i'm at the party i'm at a party last saturday and i promise you i saw some normal regular local dudes and they had the full rapper kit on i'm like you have got to be kidding me like if that was real that's a quarter of a million dollars worth of jewelry that you have on your neck and i know that you don't have a quarter million bro i know you i saw you i see you in the streets i see you when you come to the dirt boat you don't have you got a, a quarter pass come on bro and uh, the rapper kits it was unbelievable so you, you i i agree with, i agree with that well i mean but but i it's funny to me because I remember. Okay, so before I moved to, moved up here, I moved to Louisville for the tail end of, of Derby cruising. Ooh, I didn't get at to least you got to get it, it in though. Yeah, I did. I oh yeah, and, yes sir. And, and I was like, I I love this city and Derby I want to live here. Yes sir. I, we came up with a whole crew from K State. had a had a buddy that that grew up in the West End, and he was like, Joe, you've never been like you. I figured of anybody in this dorm, you would have been the one guy that's like. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Derby City legend. Man, Derby cruising in the nineties. Uh legendary, epic. Like there are pictures that you can see. You now. can still find T shirts. Yeah, and somebody posted a picture about a year ago and they were on uh I think they were on like eighteen from Broadway. They took a picture like going west. And as far as you can see, it was just lights going each way, like Derby cruising. People folks that Man. what I thought was cool about cruising and again it shows the different ways there there's a different there there's plenty of ways to break an egg, right? And and your idea of what derby should be doesn't have to be my idea of what derby is, as long as nobody's getting hurt and nobody, nobody like hurt. let's stay nonviolent. We don't need the police showing I up. I hate for, the violence. Yeah, because it ruins a good time. No, I hate the violence. It ruins a good time. And uh I I thought it was cool that you had you had members of the community that it's like they spend eleven months stacking up, planning what they're going to do to their ride. Like this, this, this car was put together for this day. For this day. For this day, they've been planning this for a couple of years, and they're going to put it back in the garage. Exactly, it's back in the garage now. And when people, when people yeah. would kind of say like, "I don't get it," what's the appeal to that? I'm like, man, what's the appeal to putting on an eight hundred dollars seersucker suit that you're not going to wear any other day? Everybody likes to floss. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. They like to floss in their own way. So if and, and if, then so for derby cruisers. Um, you know, like being a part of that in that era. And so it was, we didn't have, there wasn't a lot of things for, when I say we, I'm talking about the hip hop community. Um, okay, we can say West Louisville too, but if you are also, if you are under 21, there's nothing for people under 21 to do. So a lot of, you know, it was just under 21, we have anything else to do, we're just going to derby cruise all up and down Broadway and go to Chickasaw and Shiny Park. But then, you know, it's like, hey, somebody's having a barbecue. Then you go and right. then, you know, it's a, there's a derby pool. Everybody puts in $10 in the derby pool. Everybody, somebody barbecue. You say you're a pit master, so everybody right. goes. So somebody was a pit master. And it's a it's a festive, fun time. You know, it's a holiday. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And and that, to me, it doesn't matter how you celebrate it. You If you have the right people, going back to my point about why I love Louisville, it's the community. If you have the right people, it doesn't matter if you got $5 or $5,000, you can have a good party. Yeah, and um, 
your entrepreneurial skills can come out doing dirty. Absolutely, <laughs> man. The side hustles, the side, the hustles. side hustles give me. Yes, sir. If you have not let he who is not taking a gypsy caravan come on, taxi come cast on, the first stone on Derby Week. What? Like if you have not flagged down a dude driving his his baby mama's van with with uh, the hand drawn hand drawn taxi on it. Yeah, yeah, Derby shuttle. Yeah, on the side of it. Yeah, if it, you haven't taken one of those. Then you missing the whole. Oh, I'm sorry. You just must value your safety more than Man, I do. I'm telling you, some people go and they rent their vans. They reserve their vans in February. Yeah, like, I, mean, I need my van because I'm driving around and just and then so before yeah. Uber and Lyft was a thing, that Way was the original Uber. Uber. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I knew people at, at, when I went to U of L when I transferred there. I knew people, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is how like successful families." Just continue that. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. Yeah. There were guys that, that I knew whose dads bought houses, bought property right by Churchill Downs because, A, it was cheap. Yeah. They'd tell them, look, you're going to stay there, rent out a couple of rooms to your fraternity brothers. They're basically going to pay the mortgage. Yep. And then whenever there's there's racing going on, you, gonna you can charge people 100 bucks to park in your front lawn. I saw somebody with a sign the other day. Had, it said 250 250 right across the street from Churchill Downs last week. Yeah, that's rough. Joe, have we talked any sports this segment? We're getting there. We're okay. getting there. We're gonna. We're that's gonna. Just what actually, happens in the summertime, though? Like summertime, you know, sports and, talk radio. And and something that Rashawn does understand whenever he gives he tosses the keys to me is that look, this is a Saturday morning show. I appreciate all of our listeners, all Thank of our so texters, much. everyone who who follows us on Twitter and and interacts with the program. Thank you because if y'all didn't listen, they wouldn't let us keep keep coming back. But I also feel like on a Saturday morning, if you all are getting up and you're listening, you've probably heard all the stories. You've heard Mike Rutherford talk about it. You've heard Mark Ennis talk about it. You've heard Marcus Maben. You've heard Andy Swain. Everybody's already covered this. So we try to have a little fun, mix it in a little bit, talk a little public enemy, talk a little derby party, talk a little public, barbecue. Public, public enemy. Public, 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 public enemy. Oh, my bad. And see, and just like that, we're going we're gonna to take one last break for station identification purposes. You know, we got to pay the bills. That way they will let us back on. You're tuned in. Wake up, 502. Public, public, public enemy. back in last segment man this this is flown by it always does when we do it but I, I give credit to Rashawn because he is a good job he does a great job of setting the table you know he's the he is the composer of our of our orchestra I rock with Rashawn yeah he he does a great job of keeping us in line and letting us have have a little fun with it too that's yeah. what we're trying to do this morning have a little fun it's the week after derby uh I'm a big NBA fan I know you're an NBA fan the world champion Lakers. But we're in a funny area of, of the country where it's like, I could take it or leave it. You know, that seems to be – I think that's the overall think, yeah. attitude of, of the NBA. But it's the NBA playoffs. It's the playoffs. And this is a sports show. Yep. We should talk some sports. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. But we're having fun this morning too. So, yeah. you know, if we get if we get sidetracked during this last 15 minutes – Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, you sorry, knew you, you 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 knew what happened when I tweeted out that I was I was sitting in today. You knew it. You know what you came for. 
So what do you got with the playoffs? Where where are you right now? We talked about James Harden and Philadelphia. The process continues. I, I'll just say it without any insight and without giving you any explanation why. Some tells me this is the year that Boston just sneaks a uh, champion. I don't even necessarily want to say sneaks one, but I just I'm starting to get the feeling that if they can get past Milwaukee, I I don't agree with you on that. Yeah. I think of the teams that are remaining, I think they have I would give them the the least chance. Really? Yeah. I I would give them the the least chance to win. I believe in the NBA and it's been proven. I've been watching the NBA for a long time. Like you have to pay your dues mm-hmm. in order to to like to win a championship. Like unless you're rare like Toronto when they snuck one in. Yeah. They didn't really have to pay, but everybody else, you have to pay your dues. So you might go to the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals a couple of years before you break through and get to the finals. I don't think Boston is better than uh, Miami. I'm not sure they're going to win game seven against Milwaukee. Uh, and I don't think that they're better than Golden State or Phoenix. I mean, that's that's fair. It just, I said this go again. I, I don't have, I. I don't have any any like rational reason for it, but it's kind of like when I said, I think I said this in February. I don't know, y'all. I get the feeling this is one of those weird seasons where we won't remember that Kansas won the championship six years from now. That could be true. But I've also said about, just going back to Boston Celtics, I've said for a couple of years now, and I, ho- I hope uh, there's a Boston Celtics fan that's listening right now and is about to get mad at what I'm about to say. The Boston Celtics would never win a championship with Marcus Smart as a starter. Really? Never. Really? They won't. You're 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 not a Marcus Smart guy. I'm not saying that I'm I'm not a Marcus Smart guy. I'm just saying they won't win a championship with him as a starter. And I hope you get mad, Boston Celtics fans, that you're listening. So what? Call in the show. I don't care. I don't care. Celtics. Call in. I'm a Laker fan. <laughs> but I do. I watched Jason Tatum last night. Yeah, he's an absolute truth. He's he's cooking. And but you know the but the other side of that again the Bucks. You know and and they still got that man. Still have there that go, man. There goes that man, mom. Nobody can stop that man. He proved that last night. What do you have? Forty and twenty something last night. Man, Giannis. I, I you know what I will say this. He is the most dominant player I can remember. If we if we're taking. Just a window of career like we talked about with Russ. Yeah. Man, he reminds me of prime L.A. Shaq, 2001, yeah. 2003. He is dominating, right? There's really nothing that you can do with him. No. There's nothing that you can do with Giannis. Nothing. You know, you just have to hope that he has an off night. And then so I'm wondering, like, because Milwaukee has that championship medal, mm-hmm. they won the championship last year, and then a couple of years before then, they were struggling trying to break through. Boston hasn't done that. Then Miami was in the chan- the, in the finals a couple of years ago. They have a great leader in Jimmy Butler. I don't know what it is that Eric Spoelstra's doing, but he gets guys like Max Struess. Who is Max Struess? I'm saying, man. Where are they finding him in? He sounds like one of those guys that if you had just thrown his name out, I would have said he plays for Utah. Max Struess is a Utah player. Yeah. Maybe Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, and then the third one is maybe, maybe Indiana. Maybe Indiana. But yeah. And then so you have guys like Jimmy Butler. You know, they have Tyler Euro, Bam Adebayo. Uh, I really do like Miami. I like Miami, and they're gonna have home court, home field, home court advantage. Right. I think they're gonna be a hard out. Yeah. And and 
Bam can do so much for your team. Like he flips the 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 whole scheme your defense can do. And also, when you talk about Bam, there's nobody in the in the league that defends Giannis better than Bam. Exactly. There's if there is an answer for Giannis, and I'm not not saying there is. Yeah. It's Bam. Yeah, he he makes it. He makes him really have to work. He makes it really hard for Giannis. Uh, I think that I think that series, but Boston playing at home. The mystique of the Boston Guard and the little leprechaun might be running around somewhere. So you've been watching. You've been watching the uh, the HBO series. I haven't. Well, I, I've only watched one episode of it. Okay, because there there's a whole episode about the the leprechaun. Really? So I'm just a I'm just a huge like Laker fan. Like I lived in L.A. in Long Beach, you okay. know, when I was younger. So I actually went to games at the Forum. Um, I actually saw Larry Bird uh, play against. It was the Clippers when they played in the. And the old LA Sports Arena, but so I remember, and I'm sitting there looking in the studio. I'm looking at a Larry Bird poster poster right now. That that rivalry, um, and then that building and that fan base. They're a 17 time champion. Yeah, that fan base is is really good. It's gonna be hard for Milwaukee to go in there and, and get that get that W. But I think I think they will though. I, I like Giannis. I think they will um, get that. And I'm not sure who will win between Milwaukee and and Miami. But the fact that Miami's resting right now, Golden State is resting. Did you see Golden State in the last five minutes last night? I, I did not catch the game. Man. I saw the highlights, though. So and... a lot of people were probably asleep. So with about five minutes to go, Golden State was struggling. I think they were only up by like three with five minutes to go. And then you remember when you, a couple of segments you go, you said you go and get you some popcorn and mm-hmm. a drink and you come back. It's exactly what it was. Last night, they went on a, like a 10, 12-hour run, and it was over. Just like that, and because they can shoot the ball so well, they have say, so Golden State, many guys. Like Coach K said about U of L after the, after the Kevin Ware game, they boomed us, you yeah. know, and, and or well, Coach K said they boomed us, yeah, and uh, that's what uh, Steph and company will do. That, yeah, it, it, the, what I love about the NBA and, and to the casual fans that get frustrated with it, what I love about it is that you really don't have to watch the full game if you don't have the attention span for it. Just watch the last five minutes. Watch the last five minutes of the game. Uh, and that was definitely true uh, last night with Golden State. They absolutely put their necks, uh, put their feet on the necks, necks of the other team, mm-hmm. and it was over. Like, but Memphis played well. Memphis is going to be a team to reckon with. You in the talked next about years. well. You talked about the the growing pains that a team has to go through, and, yeah. and how how a championship contender has to kind of get. Yeah. You know, they 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 have to be forged in, in fire. You know, and real quick, Joe. Yeah. Do you know how close we came, the city of Louisville? To having the Grizzlies, I know. Do you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine John, John Morant, Morant from the pride of Murray State, the pride of Murray State, staying home? I mean, come on, man! And then not only that, Joe, we dropped the ball on the Grizzlies and, and the, the Nail Pelicans. Yeah, they both wanted to come to Louisville well, first. But but that's not a drop the ball. That was a we our former AD and our former basketball coach kept the NBA out of this town. You're right. You're right about that a little bit. And they bit. even admitted it. They admitted it. You know uh, what I mean? They're, they're and, like, and look at us now. Right? Now we got we got no Hall of Fame. And look at you look at you now. We got we got none of the above. None of the above, man. We could have <laughs> had Ja Morant coming through. We could have had Zion. We could have had Ja Morant or Zion or Williams. Zion. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Ah, come on, come I on, mean, man. I mean, then you trade for Donovan and you pick up any former UK player off off waivers. And, and you're and, and it's people. sellout every night at the Yum. Come on, man. Every night at the Yum. That is the one thing, though. Unfortunately, I I feel like I say bring the NBA, roll the dice on it. If we can ever get an NBA franchise here, do that. Try it. I just don't know that it would ever go over well. 
Like it, you almost have to catch lightning in a bottle with an expansion franchise. And and what I mean by that is look at look like you have got to have young, talented stars, or your franchise is going to move. Charlotte wasn't even able to able to stay there originally, and they had the old Hornets, Alonzo, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bugs, Del Curry teams. You know they they still moved, and and the NBA had to grant the city a new franchise to, to most replace of those that. were like uh, there were arena deals, but like so we decided not to let them come in because Louisville had to be the University of Louisville right. had to be the main tenant at the Yum, and the NBA says no, we get first dibs on. So it came down to who gets first dibs on dates in the Yum Center, and because of that, we don't have an NBA team. And and the and the real kicker to all of it is, yeah, but aren't the taxpayers paying for? Their arena, so the arena anyway. Why then, can't so, we have more options you for taxpayers? Me, you can't tell me that Louisville isn't a better basketball city than Memphis, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, and Charlotte. You can't. No, I remember uh, going to a, a basket, a high school basketball game in Louisville Gardens. It was years ago. I want to say it was Oak Hill. They came in and they played um, maybe PRP. It was a local game, but it was at uh, Louisville Gardens. And me and my buddy BJ was going to the game, and there was two guys who didn't have tickets to the game. They offered us seventy five dollars a piece to go to the high school game. Yeah, no, that at Louisville Gardens. So that's how I'm thinking we can support. So like we haven't had a game, a University of Louisville game since when February. But so, I'll, man, you can't tell me that if we had Ja or Zion right now that we can't get sixteen, seventeen thousand people forty one nights a year. In the Yum Center, I'm not buying it. I I completely agree. Bring back the Colonels, yeah, and call them the Kentucky Colonels. Call them the Kentucky Colonels, yeah. You know, I, I'm not even gonna like. Uh, I know other people that have argued with me. I, I want an NBA team so desperately. I don't care if we call the team here in Louisville the Kentucky whatever. I don't care. I don't. don't, I don't uh, like care. the whole state can have it. I'm it's cool fine. With that. We send them tax money anyway. I'm cool with that. We, you know, we've been carrying the state long enough. We can do that too. So David Stern had talked about, uh, or Adam Silver had talked about. Um, expansion and he said it may be a couple of years it may be only two teams and it looks like seattle and las vegas yeah. will probably get the, the nine before seattle needs one seattle man. definitely has to have one they have to they, that, they have to have one but i think after seattle like we have to be like but it's hard like louisville or vegas if you're an owner yeah louisville or vegas yeah I, I i get that yeah i get the 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 Vegas is has an allure all to itself. I'm hoping that I'm 47 years old, and I'm hoping that in my lifetime, um, well, actually, in my lifetime, I did have a, a, a pro team, yeah. but they left in 1976 when I was two years old. I need another professional NBA team in Louisville before I die. Man, my father. Before I'm to- placed in Green Meadow Cemetery. My, I need to have an NBA team. My father would – do. people knew don't bring up the ABA around my pops because he would just get spitting furious over it and he would talk about uh, the owner of the team not paying the million-dollar entry fee. It was $1 million, $1 million. People. Now, I understand in 1976 it was $1 million, $1 million is people. a lot more than $1 million to, to, is today. But that's still chump change if you're the KFC czar. San Antonio, they it San worked Ant- out well for them. Pacers did just fine. So what was San Antonio? Will we know anything about San Antonio if they didn't have the Spurs? No, if, if no. Maybe you, you know you got your history buff, you knew the Alamo and Parkview or whatever. But other than that, the Spurs put San Antonio on the map, and we blew it when we left. Uh, let them go. Well, 
we're getting the cue, so that does it for us. We didn't get booted. We made it the full time. Rashawn, enjoy your Saturday. Held it down for you here at Wake Up 502. Joe Kelly, talk to you again next week, y'all. Come to the Durbo.